Welcome to Gen Z Talks. This is your host, Ryan Solomon, the head of community and content at Entra. At Entra, we built a social network for entrepreneurs, investors, creators, and freelancers. Every week, this show is recorded live on Entra, and I get to interview the most ambitious and young entrepreneurs and investors from around the world. And if you'd like to be a part of our next episode of Gen Z Talks, maybe even get to come up on stage and ask a question, make sure to head over to joinantra.com and register for Gen Z Talks. Now that that's out of the way, it's time to kick things off. Let's go. Today, I have one of my best friends on for the pod, uh, Ryan Meyer. So he's been a friend for the past three and a half, four years. Uh, we actually met indirectly through Antra and through Michael, uh, our CEO, Michael Mara. And I'm super excited for this podcast because he's one of the scrappiest people I've ever met. And I'm just thrilled. So I'm super happy to be friends. And I want you to kind of give yourself a quick introduction of who you are, what you're doing, and we're kind of going to go through a little bit of your story and then kind of where you are now with Fable. So if you want to introduce yourself and then we'll jump into it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm Ryan. I, I'm not an engineer uh, by any means. So I'd like to just preface by saying that. Um, uh, I do build with no code, but my, my background's traditionally like growth and marketing, um, strategy, business ops, things like that. Um, and that kind of fits into what I'm building now, but yeah, I've, I've been building since I was like 18. Um, and uh, I got introduced to the world of no code and then really started building. I've built and sold two small online businesses. Um, and I dropped out of college to lead growth at a Jason Calacanis back company called V1. Um, where in the eight months that I was there, I, I took them from about 700 signups to over 12,000 and generated a couple hundred K new ARR. Um, and then left that, started doing freelancing, um, was trying to figure things out. And uh, that kind of leads me to where I am today with Fable. Uh, me and my co-founders, Armand and Bruhu, also very bright people. Um, we've kind of been going through iterations and stuff. Um, and my role there is, is uh, CMO slash uh, operations shared with Bruhu. Amazing. So I'm super excited uh, to dive into it, kind of. I want to start kind of where you started. Um, cause I know, obviously you're from Johnstown PA, which you can touch on a little bit. Um, and then you can also touch on, I know you said you were doing a lot of things in crypto really mm. before everyone else was doing a lot of things. I don't even remember all the different projects and things you were working on. So if you want to touch a little bit on the stuff you were working on, and then we're going to dive into what you were doing at Duquesne. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, from Johnstown PA is always a good time. Um, what kind of got me started with things was in like 2016 whenever facebook marketplace originally launched i started selling my old stuff uh because traditionally i had a job i was working at subway but i tore my acl dunking on a kid in basketball and so uh i could no longer work at subway so i was like how can i make money and that was making people come to my house to buy my old shit. Um, <laughs> so then people started like asking me you know can you sell me this for me can you sell that for me and then i started taking commission so I made my first couple thousand dollars and what kind of like led my, led my first like path into like finance. So then I started uh, swing trading Canadian marijuana stocks. Can I ask why specifically Canadian I, marijuana stocks? Well, I was just like bullish on marijuana stocks in, in general and uh, mm -hmm. happened to like fall into like the, I, I guess it's like similar to uh, kind of crypto, right? Where like you fall into like these little 
worlds, like whether it be DeFi yeah. or, you know, ESO, whatever. Um, so yeah, I was particularly interested in them. And so uh, that's how I made my first $10,000. Um, and that was like pretty cool because that was, that was unheard of. Um, and so, so yeah, so then I, uh, I kind of went off to college and I started, uh, I was on the founding team of two different crypto projects. The first being Bitcoin Stash, which was a hard fork off of Bitcoin Cash. Um, basically our thesis was, um, you know, as like different coins were hard forking from Bitcoin, uh, they were stealing more and more of like the hashing power. And so we kind of assumed at some point uh, there, it, it put Bitcoin at a greater risk of a 51% attack. Um, so we wanted to better distribute that hashing power. So uh, Bitcoin Stash was basically, it would allow you to merge mine with Bitcoin ABC with and Bitcoin, and then Bitcoin SV and Bitcoin at the same time using the same amount of hashing power. So you could get the rewards for both without having to pick one or the other. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, we actually ended up having the second highest hashing rate out of all SHA-256D algo coins, which is, which is a pretty cool thing at the time. It, it's just like the, the hashing algorithm Bitcoin uses um, mm -hmm. and like all of those like uh, proof of work coins. But, uh, um, and then after that, uh, we kind of moved into WarriHash, which was a decentralized hash exchange. So um, uh, you may have heard of like NiceHash, right? And it, it was a centralized exchange. Um, where you could buy and sell like your computing power for people to mine like cryptos with. Um, but then somebody hacked like their, their centralized wallet that all the transactions would go through and stole like 80 mil. And we're like, if, if we just like, it's, it, it was just ironic because like the whole concept of Bitcoin is it's yep. like this distributed thing. And then, you know, you have these like centralized platforms built around it. Um, so we, we built like the first peer to peer hash exchange, um, raised a little bit of pre-seed funding. Uh, and it ran for a good two and a half years, but then I quit. I quit doing that, and that's whenever I kind of got into the no-code space. Love that. And so that would have been probably like your sophomore year at that Freshman, time? Freshman, sophomore year, yeah. Freshman, sophomore year. No, I'm super jealous because I really wasn't exposed to crypto, like, probably until my junior year of college. So maybe sophomore, junior year. And, like, I don't think I was exposed to where like probably the same level of exposure where I was just like, all right, Bitcoin, Ethereum, got it. Cool. I'm going to throw in some money. I'm going to keep dollar cost averaging, which I mean, like that yeah. worked, you know, yeah, like yeah. I'm not mad about that. Uh, but I do wish I kind of had that same similar experience to you where like you were on the, on the grounds trying to move fast and you know, move fast and break things. Yeah. Um, well, it was kind of pushed upon, right? It was like, uh, at the time we were like, kind of, we were, we were managing a small crypto fund. We had like 40 investors, me and my friend, Evan Grease. Um, and then, uh, we were on a podcast. It was called, oh, I don't remember the name of the podcast. Uh, but, um, basically one of the listeners of it, uh, his name was Umpai K Kurakawa. Um, he was uh, a brilliant man from Carnegie Mellon and uh, he reached out and was like, you know, we, we had this idea or I had this idea, like, do you think, like, basically gave us like this task of writing like a five page report on, at the time it was Monero, um, it was a hard fork off Monero called Monero Zero. And so we wrote this report, he was impressed and then realized that we didn't want to do Monero Zero, but like that he, we all wanted to work together. So it was cool. Mm. It's funny but, how those things happen. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I definitely wouldn't have gotten as deep as I did if it weren't for, like, him pushing, right? Yeah, 100%. That that makes a lot of sense. So, like, putting yourself around the people that are actually going to push you. And it's funny, I was talking to um, I was talking to Turk before this, uh, one of our mutual friends. Uh, and he was just saying that, like, good friends will push you and also call you out on your bullshit. 
<laughs> but I think, yeah. I think, yeah, which, you know, it's timely, very timely. Uh, yeah. So I thought it was, uh, it was great for him to say that. Um, but yeah, so then the next thing I did want to jump into is before, before we get into no code, I remember when we met that you had a startup that was, I can't remember the life of me, what it was called, but it was like a bar and club related startup. That's the first thing I remember you building. I was like, this is pretty cool. Yeah. And then I did, what, what was that? I want you to touch on that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of my break into no code. That was, uh, it was so mm. the, the second name was no, or the second name was Cody Vita. Originally it started as, um, I, I, any of you that are familiar with glide apps, uh, basically like people in Pittsburgh, like people party at houses, right? There's not like, like frat houses where you're like, Oh, I'm going to SAE. It's like people like rent homes and then that's where you go party. Um, so I created an app called fucked up. Um, and basically <laughs> it, people would put their addresses and like people kind of could check in and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, so I would like, I went down to the, the dining halls and then I made it and, uh, I just like airdropped it to people. Uh, and I've got a couple hundred people using it that night. Uh, and it was, I, I went to a house party that night and, uh, they were like, why is there so many people at this house and stuff? And, uh, I was like, probably because of the app. And they're like, oh, you're the guy with the app. And I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that little moment of like being able to flex it. Like, yeah, this is me. Um, I love that. So, and then kind of to, to backtrack a little bit. So you said you built that on Glide, right? Yep. And yeah. then and that was like, that was like the bare bones glad pro or that was like the first iteration of their product. Like I was like one of their first five paying customers. <laughs> okay. You're an OG. So I want you to touch on like how you kind of got into this no code journey and then kind of like where it started. And then we're going to dive a little bit further into no code, no problem and where that goes. So like kind yeah. of like where, what introduced you to no code and what got you exciting about it? Excited. Yeah. I guess like the first touch of no code was, uh, I was building AI jobs list, which was like built on WordPress. Um, but like, it didn't even be, it wasn't even really no code. It ended up being mostly code. Uh, so whenever I was in college, I like basically hired like this PHP dev off of Upwork to like build most of it. <clears throat> and so that, that was kind of like the first thing that I built like with kind of no code. Mm -hmm. And then I got a Facebook ad about glide and I was like, Oh, this is pretty cool. I'm just going to bookmark it. And like, maybe I'll need it sometime. And that's kind of how that happened. Fell into the rabbit hole of, of the world of no code and, uh, was following people like, uh, Ben Postle and, and Joe Brown, um, on Twitter and was just kind of following the space for a while. And then I decided like, that's, that's whenever I wanted to break into it. Uh, and I was falling asleep one night and the, the, the word or like the, the phrase, no good, no problem. Like came to me and I, I messaged Joe that night. Then I was like, should I start this? And he's like, do it. Why not? And then, yeah, the rest is kind of history. That's awesome. And I want you to kind of touch a little bit on what no code, no problem is. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, explain how, how it started. Cause it's a little bit more than a podcast. You've got a couple of things cooking up with that, but I think it's mostly known for the podcast. Yeah, definitely. The podcast is like the number one thing we do events as well. Um, uh, basically like the, the idea behind it is like, just like informing, like you'd be surprised how many people have no idea what like no code is or like that you can build way more complex things now without actually writing any physical code. So, um, it's just kind of like the education piece. Right. Um, and like the, the real like kind of story behind that is, um, I, I hate newsletters, right? Like I hate, I despise newsletters. Um, so I was like, but I also hate podcasts. 
<laughs> and I was like, I was like, because because this is the problem. Either newsletters clutter your inbox, or and podcasts are always too long. So I was like, why don't I make a short form podcast that kind of serves as an audio newsletter? Um, mm-hmm. And I thought that was something that I would really enjoy. And uh, so yeah, so I did, and it, it kind of like picked up, and I, I think it like kind of really resonated with people, like the the authenticity, like the raw, and like just like you know getting those like bite sized pieces of information uh and learning about tools and, and what people are building and stuff in the space in like that short period of time like while they're working out or like you know like people like to binge listen too so it's pretty easy to binge listen you know 20 episodes and i think i think two things i think you really harp on it well i was like yep yeah, i agree with you newsletters clutter your inbox literally the podcast that i listened to do today i didn't even finish yeah right? and exactly. once that happens i'm like am i really gonna restart or am i really gonna go back and try to figure out where i was probably not unless it was like that good um so i think that's a really good tactic um and then what i had another point on top of that and also another one other thing i just thought of while you were explaining that is like for example facebook is actually putting in a new feature where it's not just um like what's what's what i'm looking for like they're putting in a a timer slash reminders for you to take breaks so Mm -hmm. like instead of you putting limits necessarily on your facebook usage you could be like just make give me a break like every 10 minutes of time if i use it so like if you use it for 10 minutes i'll be like hey go take a walk Mm. right or go like go like relax like don't don't use use it right um which i think is really interesting and really smart um so it makes them look not as shitty um in my opinion but um so i think i think that's a really good part and i want you to also touch on like i i think one thing that people don't realize and i didn't realize this until i met you is you don't need a huge audience to monetize something. No, no, not at all. And I yeah. want you to kind of explain that with no code, no problem, and how you don't have any funding. You just have like literally a website and you've met some people. Like, I kind of want you to touch on like how you've monetized the podcast, the events, and, like everything else um, with just yourself. It's not like you have a team or anything. It's just you, 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 you explain. Yeah. Well, I, I did have a team very briefly, but we're not going to get into that. You know that. Well, it was like the acquisition. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's not something important. Uh, <laughs> that was, uh, that's a different story for a different time. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, any advice that I give to anybody that wants to start a pod- podcast is, or like any, anything in particular, like, like a podcast is, you know, a, a lot of people like want to start something like where they think people just want to hear them talk um and like people don't really give a shit about what you're saying 99 percent of the time um so it's it's really easy to monetize whenever you're super niche right like because like some people will say okay i want to start a podcast in like tech right but that's still way too broad like you have to pick like a vertical within technology uh because like then it is way easier to monetize but especially whenever you don't have a ton of listeners um because it's it's basically like you can go to any company And like, they know that your audience, like, even though it's not tens of thousands of people, uh, is exactly who they're selling to. And so they know anytime they put money towards you, they're like, they know that that money is going to go towards the exact people without having to like test ads and all that other stuff. It's like, it's like anytime like Adolo, Bubble, any of these no code builders, like they want to throw money at something they know if they want to get in front of the people that are going to be building, they're going to get in front of the good no problems audience um so that makes monetizing really easy i monetize like i started monetizing like off of like episode six right so i think i don't even know how many downloads i had at the time but it was quite literally me just emailing like i emailed emmanuel from bubble um he told me no i emailed uh 
Jeremy from Adolo and then like another guy, but Jeremy got back to me right before Christmas uh, of 2019. And he, he gave me the, gave me the first yes. And that was, it was, it was a really amazing time. It was like a, a burst of energy. Um, and it, it made me, it made things feel real, especially because whenever I started it, my family, friends, my girlfriend at the time, like nobody knew I started it. It was like, I just ran it for like a good two months, completely silent um, and just promoted it on Twitter to see if like it was something people actually wanted to listen to without like it being skewed by family listening just because it's me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I agree with that too. And I that relates to me on TikTok, you know, because <laughs> yes. like, like my friends and fam are just like, they, they don't get it. You know, when you're creating content, it's such like a weird thing yeah, uh, for people for that sure. like aren't on that side of things and also i i think another thing that people don't realize is i've seen you record these podcasts like when you said they're raw they're do you wait do you use a, do you even use a mic because i've seen you do it with just your phone well so now i use this this is my mic this yeah literally and i've yeah. never once actually that's a lie but like okay but technically i've never edited an episode ever <laughs> I've, I've never once edited like i've never made myself sound better i've never removed anything the only time I had to like change the intro one time, but that was like my screw up. So other than that, I've never touched the audio. Yep. And I think, I think that's like, I think that's so important too. Cause a lot of people think that they need like to start a podcast. Like they need a microphone. They need editing software. They need, they, they need like a crazy graphic. They need all like based off of what I've seen from you. I think, I think starting off with a very niche uh, audience is definitely the, the way to go. Uh, unless you have like a, just a bunch of money and you already have a bunch of influence, yeah. you know, like then you can do whatever you want. But it's just a matter of if what you're talking about is interesting enough. Yeah, people will yeah. listen. They don't. And I, I think there's a lot, a lot of room within. Like, I think if you even even like saying Web three, like eh, I mean, you could do a Web three pod- podcast. I think it would kill. But like, I even think doing something like just on DAOs, that's a killer. Yeah, exactly. That right there, exactly. That's a killer, killer, killer podcast. Because then, especially with all this. Uh, operating systems that you're seeing like utopia labs like kaido uh mm-hmm. wonderverse and all these other startups that are coming up within the dow space like they would be your prime uh people that will 100 percent pay for ad space on your podcast you know what gen z talks we're wrapping it up we're gonna do uh sally talks dows next next week um honestly maybe i will we'll see uh there's like some you could like have so many like fun twists on it like uh michelle quinn in our like floodgate group for uh, she said, where art Dow Romeo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there's definitely a lot of ways that you can run it. And I think Dow or, or uh, just Dow it, you know, down bad, Dow, down bad. That's another Dude, Yeah. Like so many twists. <laughs> anyone, anyone who's listening in on Entre Live right now, if you guys have any ideas for my Dow podcast, please, uh, please drop them in the, in the chat. I might, maybe I, maybe I will do it. We'll see. But I already definitely listened to the interview with Kaido. Uh, from last, like the last episode, that one's actually really, really good. Uh, Kaido's freaking awesome. I know Brian, I know you're already friends with him, but before we're going to jump back to, to you and not go down the literal web three, literally the web, web three rabbit. Um, I mean, maybe we will, maybe, maybe we'll touch on it a little bit. Um, so to recap, went to, grew up in Johnstown, did some crypto stuff freshman year, then Yuvita, Glide, uh, Join V1 and scale. I want you to touch a little bit on how you went about doing that and growth and scaling within the no-code space. Yeah. So just a little context. Basically what happened was I was running no-code to a problem. The founder of V1 had a podcast. Um, he hit me up and asked me to be on it. So I was on it. By the end of it, he asked me if I wanted a job to drop out of college. So I was like, absolutely. 
uh, I wanted to drop out anyhow. <laughs> and that's where I touched that too. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so I, I dropped, I dropped out. I joined, um, B1. I was the first and only marketing hire at the time. I think I joined, there was six, seven employees. Um, so very early stage, they were finishing up the, the Jason Calacanis launch program. So, um, funding on the way, um, they had like some existing, like customers and stuff. So whenever I joined, it was basically like, we were really trying to decide on like that, uh, customer archetype, um, and like kind of how we wanted to reach people. And so, yeah, so basically like what we did was we decided that that archetype consisted of like anyone between the ages of like 17 to like 30 who have that billion dollar app idea that they've always wanted to build, but bug their technical friends to build for them. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, that's kind of, once we had that, then it was a matter of like, where do these people, people reside, right? Um, so the, the, the two main places that we realized were Quora and TikTok. Um, obviously, uh, you know, Twitter is my like, uh, bread and butter. So I, I did a bit of Twitter as well, but so from a TikTok perspective, we didn't actually run any paid ads, um, in terms of like, like their actual ad manager, but we did like influencer campaigns, uh, with influencers like Colin Castrina. Uh, and, uh, I think our budget there in total was like six, 700 bucks. Um, and that was the ROI on that was pretty insane. Um, in fact, it actually broke our onboarding at one point. Um, and then Quora, yeah, we were, we were running Quora ads to um, Wix and Square, like people that followed the Wix and Squarespace topics on Quora. And our cost per click, I want to say, was like five or six cents, um, which is pretty damn good. Um, so those were like the two avenues in which we like grew from 700 to 12K. Those were the two main ones. And like Twitter was like a, another third one. And I, the two things I love about both of those is one thing that people don't realize, like, I mean, obviously you can create pretty good ads and ad copy, uh, but there's definitely some nuance to it, especially with Facebook ads. Like if you're trying to create like an actual video or a graphic uh, and you want to do it right and you want to get really low cost per clicks, like it's not a simple thing. And that's why I do love influencer marketing. So for us, it's like, let's pay influencers to make the videos for us and then let's run ads behind that. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of similar. You guys didn't actually end up going through and running ads for that, but I'm sure they would have done extremely well, but I wish you'd touch on Quora a little bit more too. Yeah. Well, I mean, to, to be quite fair, like the, the, like my thought process behind that when like, tr like trying to like lead growth was, you know, you have a couple competitors coming right now. It's like everyone thinks of the same standard things. They think Facebook ads. So it's like, where are people, in the, where are like the other people that don't even know what no code is, you know? Um, and that, that was kind of what we were trying to go for. But uh, Quora, yeah. Uh, Quora is actually a beautiful thing um, in terms of like running ads because it's like quite, it's like very simple. Um, the, the ads that we would run um, were based around quite literally a question and an answer because they want it to look native to like the Quora experience. So mm -hmm. I'm just saying it doesn't necessarily look like an ad. It just looks like another question and another answer. Um, mm -hmm. so we were we were running these ads to like Wix and Squarespace users, it was like the ad, the, the, the best ad that we ran was quite literally like, uh, build an app as easy as using Wix. Um, like build a mobile app as easy as using Wix because we were targeting those types of people. They mm. are familiar with the tool they know they could build. Um, but like, it was still like foreign to them to, play, to be able to build like mobile apps. You know? Exactly. And I think, I think that's really smart because like for me, if I, I think I put that almost because I've done a bunch of video editing and stuff. Like if yeah. I was searching on Quora or literally anywhere online, like how to, and then like insert how to color grade on final cut, for yeah. example, right. If I was searching on how to color grade and then I get hit with an ad, that's like, Hey, 
this is the easiest video editing software. Like edit, edit something in five minutes. Mm -hmm. That would be like, that is, that's way less time than me trying to figure out how to color grade. Right. Or like finding like that, that's a really, really good spot. And I think like Quora might be very, very undervalued. I also think Pinterest is really undervalued too, depending on this huge. Yeah. Pinterest is huge, but like, I just haven't given it the opportunity within tech just because Mm -hmm. it's not like, if I, if I could go back in time, I would have used it as a growth channel as well. I think, I think that would have been a difference between 12,000 signups and like 20,000. That's fair. I definitely do want to do a little bit more. It's one of those things that's just been on the back burner for a while where it's like, I just want to dive into Pinterest, but I just haven't because I see so many people that are getting like ridiculous organic reach mm-hmm. through Pinterest. Um, and I mean, for us, like it might be a channel where we can just even throw content up just to see if we can get clicks. Um, because I feel like Pinterest might be a little bit similar to TikTok where it will show content to the people that it thinks needs to see that content. Yeah. Um, so I think it's definitely worth worth diving into at least a little bit a cool a cool fun fact about pinterest is i'm, I'm not going to say the guy's name just because i think the the like actual numbers are pretty confidential um but he he works in the fitness space and he uses quora or not quora pinterest for top of funnel um and then he, that's his top of funnel then it sends them to his youtube um where he offers like more fitness stuff and then the last thing is like his like it's it's pretty it's like a course but not really a course it's more so like um training training right it's like he offers it for free in an unstructured way on youtube but if you want it in a structured way every month then you can pay him and he does 1.5 a year that's incredible that is that's pinterest at the top of funnel yeah (laughs) no that that actually is a really really good funnel structure uh because it's so much easier to get clicks i think tick like honestly if i was him i would do something relatively similar but i'd probably throw tiktok into that as well Um, or and also to that point if you do that right you could have some like VAs do like, it's like with like Pinterest, I feel like the content doesn't all have to be videos. It can honestly just be like, especially for fitness, it could be like five fitness tips on boom, 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 whatever, et cetera, that yeah. fits within your scope and your brand. Um, and have a VA just kind of run Pinterest, just go ham on it and then link essentially every single piece of content. So if it was like how to get a stronger back, right. How, you know, how to work out your back at home. And then it has like three tips. It's like, watch this YouTube video for five more yep. oh great boom youtube video and then that's how you're driving the traffic and same thing with tiktok with tiktok you'd actually have to film film that content um to to do that so it'd be a little bit different um so yeah um now let's see uh all right now for the bread and butter of what we've got going on and if you have fable up ryan that'd be sweet to to screen share it too because the site if you can grab the actually i'll grab the site real quick i dropped the link to fable for anyone who's listening, uh, it's on fable.com, O-N-F-A-B-L-E. Make sure to check it out. Uh, Ryan, I want you to, do you want to screen share and show everybody uh, who's here on Entra what it looks like and what we've got going on? Uh, kind of like the landing page, because the landing page is sweet. And then also uh, the product itself. Yeah, so first I'll show you the, the website. So this can kind of give you uh, a good idea of of kind of what we're what we're trying to build here. Um, but basically, we realized that uh, collaboration amongst teams is is fragmented, and it's fragmented into two things: uh, web apps and desktop apps. So whenever you're like building or you're trying to build asynchronously um, across the web, it, it it often becomes 
you know, you lose a ton of contextual information, you know, you, um, there's just like a ton of friction with it. Um, so basically like to start like MVP, we're going to be offering three things like commenting, drawing and tasking. Um, so as you can see here, it's like the general concept of like, uh, commenting, tagging, um, then you have drawing, highlighting things, um, pencil, boom, underscoring, uh, you can add to library, uh, tag and then tasking. So basically being able to, being able to create tasks anywhere. Um, and the idea is like, this is like cool. Um, but in practice, it's, it's really hard because you're basically asking these people to use all of you're, you're asking people to use like your tool instead of like all of the tools they already use. So we kind of view ourselves as, as like the glue, right? So you, you connect your custom backend. So your Slack, your zoom, uh, Jira, notion, Gmail, Monday, all of like, these tools you already use. Um, and then we provide that in a super lightweight uh, front end that's uh, sitting on your page. So just like this. And this is like four or five, uh, <laughs> this is like four or five um, versions behind. So like, this isn't definitely optimal, but like this, like this is actually the, the Chrome extension right now. Um, and I want you to wait, Ryan, before you keep going, I want you to kind of give like an audio explanation real quick too. So if people listening can, cause I can see this and it's sweet. The way I would explain it is Ryan's going around on different web pages, clicking on a piece of content that the rest of his team needs to see or needs to use, mm -hmm. and then assigning that to his team with a Chrome extension. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I can paint the picture, right? So you have this Chrome extension; it sits on the right side of your screen. Um, and say you're, uh, let's just say you, you know, you start your day off, and you start your day off with all right, you know, I, I'm going to go and do like a, a, a little bit of a competitive analysis on like this new competitor that uh, we found. And so um, I, I go on their website and I, I, I find a couple things. I'm like, okay, you know what? This is really interesting. This, these sets of features are, are definitely something that we should look into and, and talk to our, our existing customers about. So you could drop a comment, tag um, like your co-founders, right? Um, and it, it would notify them in Slack if you have like the Slack integration set up. Um, so it, it notified them in Slack and it would say, you know, uh, Ryan tagged you in on this and it says this. And then they'd be able to click the link directly in Slack and it would take them to the website and the comment would show up live for them. And they'd be able to reply to the comment or like solve for that comment. Um, and then you get that out of the way, right? And so then next year, you're actually on your own product and you're like trying to, to figure out like a specific feature um, or something. And, and you realize that there's a bug. Uh, you can quite literally click on what the problem is, um, create a new task, uh, click whatever task management tool you have uh, integrated. So like whenever you see here, like you have Trello here, um, uh, you select the project and then you can assign that to your dev team, like directly on the, the page without ever leaving. You can like add a screenshot, add the location, all of those things. Um, so like you can provide like really good contextual information for your dev team to like fix that problem without ever ever leaving like the page that you're trying to work on. Cause like right now, if you were to do it, you're like hopping between tabs, right? You're like going from one tab and you're like, oh, I need to like create this tab, like take the screenshot, uh, upload the screenshot to like say Trello or, or whatever. So like, there's like a ton of contextual information that is like hard, but there's also a lot of time lost in, in that collaboration process. So does that make sense? No, that was, that was spot on. Um, cool. And I love, uh, I think it looks super slick and honestly like, I think there's a lot of teams even beyond like product teams. I think you gave a good analogy. Um, I even see this for like journalists as well, like them going on Twitter 
and seeing something they could send it like it like tag their whole team instead of sending it sending the link into a slack right yeah. um and things like that or them there's there's so many applications that i honestly think you're you're just uh, yeah. i think you're gonna have like things people are gonna find ways to use it that you didn't realize they were before yeah that's what we're excited about that um because we're working with a bunch of teams but like our our beachheads like definitely product teams um definitely um but yeah miriam to answer your question it does work on every every page like every web page and one of our competitors cord that's like their problem they have like a pretty clean experience but they you can only use cord with like the integration partners that they have so like Crunchbase, type Typeform, and like maybe a couple others um so like there's a ton of friction there it's not like actually seamless but this is on every page so like whatever i'm working on um so like an example would be like right now teams of any kind oh amazing Oh, why is it being goofy? Like I said, this is like this is like four versions behind. So I don't. Okay, here let's go on first. On. See it in use. So yeah, so like you can we we actually have a comment live on the page right now um, somewhere, but um, so say we wanted to drop a comment here, but like we're called first round for a reason. At Ryan, and like we're like I said, like this is very different, but this is a couple of versions behind. Really like this. Let's change, change the copy on our site to something like this. Keep in mind, we've also built this in four weeks. <laughs> That's so, what I was also about to talk about too. Yeah. So, but like, so any, anytime you're on this website, then whenever you come, like it, it's there and like your team can come reply. Um, it'll, it'll notify like your team in like the, in the workspace that they're on. I'm currently not on works. Yeah. So you can see here and like, if you click this, it'll then take you to the comments. So you'll be able to see like past comments. Pretty slick. I but think yeah. it's I think it's a super cool tool and definitely something uh, that I'll be adding to my Chrome extension collection because I have... Then you can hide them. Yeah, <laughs> I have so many. Um, but yeah, so that's that's it. And then, but like I said, the, the larger version or the larger picture is like being able to deploy all of the tools that you like use like via the web app every day and like from our lightweight extension. So you'll be able to add and create custom tools and they'll show up here um, and you can control all of them. So um yeah, so like here was an example. Like if you press like the U key, all of like the all of your team will show up, right? And then you can like uh, call them, Slack them, whatever you need to, um, without ever leaving. But yeah, so this is kind of this is kind of what we're rocking with right now. Amazing. I wanna and I wanna jump back to uh, from the demo that we are people who are gonna be listening later. Um, aren't Wait, you sad? You can't see how awesome it is. What? Can I can I answer? Uh, Miriam, real quick, uh, yeah. can we use it yet? Um, can it do it as a video? If I add multiple comments to a page, does it take them in order? Um, it should, yeah. And uh, Miriam, in terms of like usage, we literally just got accepted to the Chrome store like yesterday, like the first, but like the issue is this is the one, but it's like four versions behind. So we're currently waiting for them to approve our like new build and then you can use it. Yeah, I can make sure you're like onboarded as one of the first 10 teams. Um, cool. Also, Mitch Williams, instead of using Linktree or whatever else, you should use this. We're launching a personal site builder um, for it in like a day. So, sorry, instead of plug that. Mitch, plug it. 
it's pretty no, chewy ai.com for anyone who's listening uh definitely make sure to plug it because there's another project ryan's working on with one of our mutual friends column um so definitely check that out but i wanted to i wanted to dive in a little bit back so with fable though what is honestly i think there's a it's a different growth strategy than um maybe, maybe it's not i don't know like what what are you thinking for your growth strategies with this and also does it change with it being a chrome extension than like a typical SaaS product um so yeah growth strategy growth strategy definitely different um we're not like i'm not we're not worried about growth at all we think that um we think it's like a product that will, will kind of grow itself um right now it's pretty much like our only focus is like working with the teams that we have like using it um and like the dev version and then like figuring out like the, the most value-added use cases and like the most that like what teams it brings the most value to like that's our only focus right now and then we can kind of build accordingly but right now like a growth strategy would be pretty it'd be pretty stupid of us because we don't really have like that archetype figured out yet and we won't have it figured out until we you know until we like really know what we're like actually building and that, that'll be probably in like two or three months in terms of strategy after that i mean it's pretty much going to be like what we used to grow place which was like what we were building with my the two co-founders i used for this um not i used but like I've, I've built this with i should have i should have touched on place a little bit more if you actually let's let's backtrack a little bit um before we get into this growth i want you to touch on place which is another company you started that which is what ended up growing into fable which we yeah. probably should, should have touched on a little bit uh, yeah, yeah we we built it this summer it was basically um a hiring platform um so basically we would throw these demo days where anywhere from like seed to series e companies um backed by y combinator um a16z sequoia they would come and they would uh pitch executives and senior level talent uh from facebook amazon netflix google on why they should leave their um big time jobs to join like their mission um and so we would host these and the what we used to grow that was we built a linkedin scraper um well we had we had built a linkedin scraper and then we ended up not like using that for like long-term purposes but we used the like linkedin scraper um to scrape I, I scraped probably like 150,000 profiles from like exec senior and executive level Fang engineers. Um, and like, just like in, in terms of, or like, I mean, even Verizon, AT&T, places like that. Um, but it, it worked really well. We ended up getting like an 87% open rate, 12% click through and like, uh, I think like 4% conversion or something on like the emails that we actually sent and didn't get jarred from, uh, because we definitely like completely ruined our domain authority doing that. Um, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, we had like some really amazing companies, uh, about half a billion dollars worth of uh, capital uh, backed by like those investors that I mentioned. And then we had like 67, 68 um, developers um, and like executives from Google, Facebook, like very, very large companies that like would come to these demo days during their lunch. Uh, it was really cool. It was a really cool experience. We also like tried to move downstream, um, partnered, we had a partnership with Lambda School, like the bootcamp. Um, as well as like eight other boot camps. Um, but yeah, we kind of decided to get out of that through a series of events that I'm not going to cover. Um, <laughs> so I, I wasn't, I wasn't sure if you, how much you wanted to touch on that or not. So I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we were, our hearts were played with basically. <laughs> in short, in short, it wasn't as scalable as you had thought of a solution. No, definitely not. I mean, it would have been so operationally intensive and like, uh, for anybody that's familiar with the law of diminishing returns, like that is like the you can the definition matches that perfectly a hundred percent 
Um, so basically, the why the reason we came back to this is because you said that you were going to use Fable, like your growth strategy for Fable. Once you get there, because right now it's really just focused on product feedback, iterate, 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 product feedback, iterate, iterate, iterate. Yeah. Whenever it comes to actually growing and scaling, what does that look like? And I'm yep. assuming you're saying probably yes. LinkedIn product managers. Yeah, so like we'll, ha we'll have that archetype knocked down, right? We'll know exactly who like we provide the most value to, but we'll be able to provide like extremely contextual use cases for those people. Um, and then we'll just like put, I'll just scrape another like 100K emails um, and we'll just go ham. But like this time we'll do it in a way where we don't completely demolish our domain authority. <laughs> that's definitely important um, or else, yeah, that's super important. I mean, maybe you just get like another domain, just you rip it with that. That's what we started doing last time. <laughs> that's that's the move. Honestly, we might have to might have to rethink some of our outreach strategy too. Uh, Sean, if you're listening, yeah, you are. Um, so no, that's that's definitely smart. Um, and then I'm trying to think of anything else Fable related. Um, I guess where where do you want Fable to be in the next couple of years? Like, I mean, it's a far it's a far thing to think about. Um, there's no right answer, but what what, what are you thinking? I want it to be a name that anyone in tech knows about and uses, um, similar to like Slack, right? Um, I think it's yep. extremely important. And I think it's how you, it's like how I view work. Cause like you can, in my, in my like head, you can like silo work into two types of work. You have work that you can like fully automate with a tool like Zapier. And then you have work that still requires a human, but just because it requires you doesn't mean it should suck. Um, and take a ton of time still and, and like, you know, um, like issues with contextualizing information and things like that. Um, and that's kind of where I see Fable falling in. You know, you use Zapier for those tasks that can be fully automated and then you use Fable for the rest of the work that you actually have to do. Um, mm. So that's, that's kind of how, how I view it um, as we build out integrations more and more and, and things like that. Um, it's a really slick product. I'm definitely honestly like, what I'll, as soon as it's on the Chrome uh, on the Chrome store, definitely. Um, hopefully, or, I mean, you said it's gonna be soon. One of you guys are updating. It is on the Chrome store right now. Yeah, it's like Oops. it's it's like a couple of versions behind, and like you you have to like go through our onboarding flow to actually be able to like log in. Mm. Okay, yeah. so but you, I mean, you're already gonna send me everything whenever it's live and everything's course, good to yeah. go because I'm definitely gonna mess around with it. and I want to see how it works within Team Entra um, and yeah. how it operates. I would love to. I would love to see that. Then I have another question. I got two more questions for you uh, before we wrap things up here. Um, what founders are most inspirational to you? Um, and, and I kind of want to answer this as like, just don't say Elon Musk or Steve Jobs. Don't say that. I want to. I want to. I want to get someone who's like more. Um, I guess reachable is a good word. I haven't asked this question to anybody before. I'm like, who who do you actually see online? And you're like this guy or girl is just like a beast and like, or it can be a VC. It doesn't have to be a founder. Who, who is someone that's inspirational? It's a good question. I think, I think two people that are pretty impressive are the Brex founders. Um, those, those are like, I think they started Brex whenever they were like, what, like 1920. Um, and they had built like previous, I'm pretty sure it was like some sort of financial tech before that too, that they sold. Um, so they're like both very impressive people. Um, and I'm pretty sure they they went through their, I mean, at the very least, human capital invested in them. Uh, and human capital is like a very good fund. Um, uh, another founder that I admire is Aaron LaBelle. 
um, she's in this room. No, 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 all jokes aside, I actually do admire Aaron. He's like very, very thoughtful. And like, I've never met anyone that thinks before they speak or like, like to the point that Aaron does. Like he's very like calculated and I appreciate that. Huh? He in the comments, he said based. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I, I can see that. I could, I could consider Aaron very I'm not, I'm not even kidding. He's like, yeah, 100%. I think there's a word that I, I, I love using that. So um, I, I told you I was, I was visiting Colin over the weekend and we talked about being intentional. Hmm. And that word I think is so, so important where you being intentional, not just with what you say, but like, what am I doing right now? Why is this important? Who am I hanging out with? I should be intentionally planning those things for not only myself, but to support other people. Like that word intentional can be brought into a lot of different contexts. And I think that's an even better word way to say than like, think just thinking before you speak. It's like intentionally saying what you want to because it matters because it has weight to it. Um, But I think Aaron's definitely spot on with it. No, I mean, he is, yeah, no, he's, he's an impressive person. Uh, I guess another person, and this will be the last one I say, is Ryan Breslow. Uh, he's like, I, I would look him up. He has a book on fundraising, too. That's pretty good. Ryan Breslow. I'll definitely plug him. He's like 27, uh, and he's like, he's founded like $2 billion companies already. It's crazy. Same, same here. I think that one of the, the company now is like a fast competitor, ironically. Mm. <laughs> so, I mean, like, yeah, but... <laughs> interesting yeah i'm not bullish we, we're, we've talked about this before i don't we're not bullish on, on that space uh with apple pay google pay and then even just crypto now now we've crypto and web3 it's like yeah that's a whole nother topic though a whole other discussion within fintech that'd be interesting that'd be an interesting pivot one click checkout with your crypto like with your i mean it's kind of like metamask right yeah like, in a way yeah but like that, yeah it'd be interesting there's a way to do it someone's gonna build it yeah. um but to to my last question um what advice would you give to your younger self i don't i don't know if i would give myself any advice other than like maybe by bitcoin the, the reason that i say that is because it's like like I, things would have turned out differently if i would have right mm. and like I, i'm i'm like pretty i wouldn't say content but like i i, I like like the the path and journey that i've been on so far and i don't i don't think i'd, I'd want to change that because then i wouldn't i, I feel like i wouldn't I, I mean, I still might be me, but, like, I could be different, right? Mm. I don't know. Literally, the only thing might just be buy Bitcoin. That's it. Other than that, yeah, probably nothing. Or maybe maybe just, like, maybe just telling myself, or, like, oh, I probably would have told myself to start using Twitter sooner, actually. Like, like to leverage that whenever I was, like, a freshman in Twitter, or a freshman in uh, college. Yeah, just because it's been, like, so, like, helpful for, like, my career and stuff, so. Love that answer. No, hundred percent. Well, what time? We're coming up on time here. Anyone in the audience has any last questions for Ryan about Fable, uh, no code, growth, community? Uh, honestly, anything. Shoot it into the room chat. Uh, otherwise, I think we're we're just gonna wrap up here a little bit early. Uh, Ryan, I appreciate you popping on. Where can people find you on Entra on Twitter, uh, wherever your email? What do you, what do we got? Yeah, you can get me on Ryan at Ryan on Entra. Yep. Uh, yeah, sorry, Ryan. <laughs> I, I took at Solly, by the way, for anyone who's listening. Yeah. I, didn't, I wanted at Solly. Yeah, um, which I, I appreciate because then I got at Ryan. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, there, um, just Ryan Meyer on Twitter or Ryan at usefable.co.
or no good no problem i mean if you just go anywhere i'm sure you can find me look up yeah Ryan Meyer. yeah all over the place we yeah. love it so uh definitely reach out to ryan if you want to learn more about the no code space learn about building products fable um what's yeah. your big cloud token i actually don't think i have a token i'm pretty sure you have to like buy your own token first right you do yeah no i i because i i've been spending actually a good amount of time on BitCloud the last 48 hours. Uh, <laughs> Very timely. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't have a token though. Yeah. I, I used to, well, the reason I, I had a Bit, BitCloud account, but then I lost, I'm pretty sure I lost the the phrase that I needed to get back onto it. So I just created a new one recently and yeah, so, but that's all right. <laughs> Happens to the best of us, but yeah. alrighty. Well, on that note, I will let you go, but I appreciate uh, and be cautious of our founder's time um for all of you incredible listeners if you guys who are listening online or maybe on spotify apple music whatever do you say hey i'm a gen z founder and i'm doing something cool i want to share reach out to me at sully or ryan at joinontree.com or maybe you know somebody that you think should be featured on the podcast let me know i'm all ears and always looking for incredible people to bring on so with that being said i hope everyone here has a great rest of your night we will catch you around and peace see ya thanks sully Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Gen Z Talks. Make sure to connect with me and thousands of other entrepreneurs, investors, and creators over at joinentre.com. Or you can download our mobile app for both iOS and Android. Also, don't forget to follow us on social at joinentre 